Camarda Wealth offers complimentary, that's free folks, portfolio reviews to listeners. Get us your statements and we will thoroughly examine your portfolio, give you opinions on the risk and quality of each position you own, as well as how wisely we believe the whole thing holds together and how efficiently it addresses your needs and goals. At the same time, we'll also opine on how protected your assets are from financial predators, your estate plan, tax savings opportunities, and other ways we can think that you can cut risk, avoid probate, save money, and just plain get richer faster. Did I mention this service was free? Just call us at 888-CAMARDA, that's C-A-M-A-R-D-A, 888-CAMARDA, to set up your free portfolio review now. All right, you are back with the Commander Wealth Education uh, the, the leaders here on Wealth Education Radio. That was a uh, um, an errant moose there snorting at the beginning of the segments. Uh, and we're getting back into some, some real estate investing tips and things that uh, you, you might want to look for um, to just get involved in real estate if you're just thinking about dabbling, getting started. And even some, you know, for uh, the, the, the folks that have been in the business for a long time, can benefit from. So I think you had a quick question, Sonia, about tax reduction for Ann before we get back into the meat of the, the, the investment tips. Um, yes, it, kind of during one of the breaks, Ann had listed a few things that um, identified specific properties that you may want to focus on maybe more so than other once you're kind of in the process. So what were some of the things that identify potential drops? In so some high value taxes. targets, basically. Well, if you're doing it um, either way, if you're it's residential homeowner or if you have rental real estate, you look at the area, the neighborhood, if there are negative aspects that you want to point out to the who you're having do the reduction in the property taxes, you point those out. If like road, ro- road work, gang activity, that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's up you don't live there. But, uh, well, I mean, you can put the gangs to work. We, start, we have bullet holes in some of our rental properties. Our, that that orange, is true. That is true. vests and chains. But they're long gone now. So anyway, if there, are, if there are things that would make the property less valued than the comparables a couple of streets over, that wouldn't be obvious just in the numbers, you want to point that out, right? Exactly. Okay. And you can also get your trim notices far ahead of time by looking, going to the property appraiser's office looking up your last name or the property. And there you can see the projection sometime around June. So then you would know, hey, this is something I'm going to work on and get a hold of a tax professional to make the appeal for you in August. Okay, so let's get back you know, to, to the, the, the meat and bones of, uh, of investing. You know, and I guess there are two really schools. Would you say, Rob, people that go for appreciating properties and nicer neighborhoods and maybe have negative cash flow, and there are folks like me that look for cash cows where I want to actually get a cash-on-cash cash return. Would you like to speak to that, you know, for a sentence or two? Well, and you also, oh, have, the, and you also you have the flippers, but I don't think that's, that's a different type of investment category. Yeah. Different animal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I like the idea of investing for cash flow and for, you know, for the long term as well as, you know, for the appreciation. But, again, you really got to have some good sense for, you know, what's going to happen in those neighborhoods. You know, because they do change over time and there are new areas that are coming up. But, you know, you guys have had a strategy of investing probably in a, in a general area for quite a long time. And I guess it's proven out to work very well for you. Well, one of the reasons is proximity. You know, you got to run. Sometimes you got to do repairs. you got to assess the properties. you got to rent them. you got to show them. You know, so having stuff close by, you know, in Jacksonville, we invest in Orange Park and the west side primarily. A little bit of the, you know, the, the near north side, um, the, you know, 
the south north side, if you will, by I-10, but where you can get to in 15 or 20 minutes. Because we have said some pro- – I don't know if you still have your property at the beach, uh, but to get out there sometimes, it's, you know, it's a nightmare, right? Yeah, 40, 50-minute ride. You know, so it really eats into your day if you got to go out there to assess the situation or to put a three-day notice up or, to, you know, to somehow, you know, uh, to, to maintain, improve, or conserve the property. You know, it's a day. By the yeah. time you get out there and back and hit traffic, you're, you know, you're dead. So it, it's just logistically, I think having, you know, the closer you are, the better you are. And my strategy has been to buy cash flow properties. I'm not, I mean, you can make a lot of money on appreciation, but then you're subject to the whims and vagaries and markets up and down. Then if you sell it, you got to get taxes and real estate commissions. I'm a, I buy for the long term, and I just want to get that cash cow cranking out. Um, and then it really you're relatively immune from the cycles of, uh, of value because rents have been relatively stable. And through the recession, 2007 and eight didn't really affect my balance sheet numbers on paper, but the cash flow and the rent was the same. Would you agree, Ann? Yes. Did you see much of a difference there? Yes, no. Now, it would seem to me that uh, one of the keys for success for this is your tenant management. So, Ann, I'd be kind of curious what the process is that you use for tenant selection. Well, you go and you meet the tenant there and show them the property, but the whole time you're evaluating. And, of course, the key is to do a background and credit check, verify income, and you're not going to do that just simply by calling their employer. You are going to ask them to bring in pay stubs. Um, so that you can see and make sure that they have enough money in order to pay the rent and money left over. And, again, there's tools online to calculate that if, if you're unsure that they have enough to sustain themselves on a monthly basis and pay you the rent. And, Rob, that's a great question. Tenant underwriting, getting the right people in there is the key to success. You get the exactly. right people, the trouble-free, it's very profitable, you get the wrong people, and you go to, you know, to, to Hades in a heartbeat. Um, and, uh, you know, really go not – also, a lot of folks look at their car and say, well, what's That's the condition true. of their car? If it's nice and clean and kept, they'll likely keep my house that way. And if it's, if it's trashy, they're, you know, if they treat their own property that way, it's what are they going to do to ours? Well, that's a good point. I, I have, you know, had – you know, my people in my family own rental property. The microphone's I, over there, right? And I'd see, you know, what the condition <laughs> of the properties would be when tenants have left. So, do you ever go to look at the property that they're coming from just to see? You know, this, you could use the same car example, but do you ever look at where they live currently, or is that something that's not that's frowned upon? Sometimes I do, or sometimes I just Google it myself just to see where yeah. the house is, and then I will go by. Or but I tell we you, also getting- have guys that work for us that will do it. But getting references and checking out, okay, give me references, talk to the existing landlord, because obviously the landlord is going to be a little cagey, but you can just, you know, call, I'm just calling, you know, the, to assess these people, you think, you don't know, have to tell them that they're going to break their lease or whatever, but it's important. Or call their references. I remember the second house, Corsair, that I bought back in the early 90s, and then these people want to rent, and they give me cash deposit, and I said, give me your references. And I was kind of just fumbling my way through this. I thought it might be a good idea to get references, and I called them. And the first one, you know, was their next-door neighbor, and they gave me this reference. They said, I wouldn't rent to those people. Nobody works. They're home all day long. How are they going to pay their rent? This is the people they gave me, told me to call. Could you imagine what the, you know, the... It's like an IQ test. <laughs> that is true. That is true. You know, another thing is, you know, sometimes you just don't find pristine properties to buy, and you got to... Unless you're a, you can do it yourself, you've got to hire a contractor. So what is your process to the extent that you guys don't do that, that kind of work? Yourself? Well, before Ann answers that, but some of the biggest opportunities aren't as ugly houses, just like ugly stocks that Warren Buffett buys, and we buy in some of our stock portfolios like Columbia and Viking looking for really, really good companies that for some reason are, are unappealing, and you can get them for a lot less than they're worth. 
Um, so if you look at it, it has to all beat up, right? There's a hole in the roof or it's unkempt or the paint's peeling off the wall. That's going to turn off 90% of your competition. Now, buyers are not going to be able to have the vision to pass through that, especially retail buyers, which means that supply and demand prices will be a lot lower. And you can steal those and sometimes get them for just – remember that one on Miss Muffet? I think we, we got it at for $18,000. You know, and it had a few flaws. There's a crack in a wall, you know, the block and like that. But it was a giveaway. I mean, how price in, in that neighborhood like seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000. And maybe we put in eight, ten thousand $10,000. It was a screaming deal, probably the best one. And there's a lot of them out there like that, but they're ugly, ugly houses. So, Ann, how do you fix them up? Um, it, it depends. You know, I have the general contractors that we use, um, the electricians, plumbing, Roofers, I use general guys for that, and then I find good handymen, and that that you can get them in there to clean the places out, paint them up, you know, and you're ready to go. There really isn't a lot when you have that to do, unless you're buying the lower price properties, and then you have the larger work. But you got to just like any other trade or you know, any other buying decision, you have to go out and get good quality for the lowest possible price. And the spectrum, a lot of these subs, these contractors have no idea what their costs are and what they should charge, so they just throw a number at the wall. You know, this project that we're doing now over in Orange Park, you guys know about it. We, the contractor that's building it got quotes to clean it for construction cleaning. And I think it's probably a 12,000-square-foot facility. And the one bit he got was $11,000 to clean the house. $11,000 going to vacuum it. Can you imagine? They have no clue. They go, oh, it's a big place. Man, I could charge more, you know, $11,000. And I think we probably actually got it done maybe for, for a couple of thousand dollars. So you got to shop. You know, it's amazing the difference. You know, I, since I sit next to you, I've heard you on the phone with tenants. And I was just curious what your approach has been to clients who are slow pays or don't pay, you know, how, how firm you've had to be or some of the strategies you use with tenants. Well, you, you, you have to gauge it by the tenant. But generally, you just follow the rule of thumb. You know, they have until the 5th to pay. They don't pay by the 5th. You send out your three-day letter. Uh, we work with an attorney who, um, if you're doing it in volume, it's fairly cheap to do an eviction. And you file it if you need to be. And you can always... Or do it yourself. We did it for yes. ourselves for years, and the rules aren't that hard. You know, for a file and you go and you plead your no, case. No, and today you can file right online. Back when Chuck and I started many years ago, you had to actually physically go down to the courthouse. You had to go and file the paperwork. But, but to I answer your question, if they don't, you try to work out a payment plan with them if they're going to stick to it. But Correct. if they're going to screw you, they're going to screw you. Get them out as quickly as possible. There's the least damage to the house Correct. as you can. And we've got it down. If you, if you treat people with respect and take care of the property, that's also a key is keeping the tenants there. We've got tenants that have been with us 10, 12, 14, 18 years. Paying the rent, not complaining, and paying every single month on time. And doing their own repairs in a lot of cases. And, you know, they had their real partners in the property. And those folks, your goal, you don't want to raise the rent on them as much yep. as you can because the turnover costs are very high. Sure. Especially, to, you know, to, to prep a house. Somebody's been in there for 15 years. That's a lot of painting and carpeting, man. A lot. For a general turnover, we spend about two grand. If we got to do carpet, you throw in another thousand. But for a general turnover, that's why it's so crucial to scrutinize the people before you even get them in. Yeah. But in terms of investing strategies, if you're a cash flow sort of buyer like I am, you know, and I can really speak more expertly to that, is you want to go, you know, in, in stable rental neighborhoods. We target, you know, middle income neighborhoods, you know, where there's probably a good mix, probably, so probably 60, 70% of the people that own their houses, but there's a lot of rentals. 
that they're relatively safe um, and uh, and look for for sale by owners or other distressed properties if you're looking for the best value, especially if you're paying cash. And when, back when we started, you're able to get mortgage money and, and uh, you know very good terms with very little down. Those days are largely gone. Investors now we're going to have to uh, use home equity loans, or maybe you can get investment loans for a few properties. I don't know what the limit is, but you're not going to get thirty anymore. You know, so it really has become a cash buyer's market, and the return should be calculated based on that. Now, one thing we haven't talked about, and don't have time to talk about uh, for this show, maybe an upcoming show, is the tremendous tax advantages. Because remember, real estate is a very, very tax advantage investment. Not only um, if you pay interest on a mortgage, is that deductible? You can depreciate the property. I think residential is 29 and a half years still. Um, and write off a lot of your expenses, gasoline, insurance, you know, and a host of other things. It's basically and like... And the repairs and maintenance. Yeah, like running a small business. You know, so um, you add the, the add, especially... And the other thing we don't have to know is a real estate professional. Call us if this might be uh, of interest to you. Again, 800-262-1083, 800-262-1083. But real estate is one of the few areas, if you meet a very simple test, where one spouse can offset the very high income of another spouse, like a physician or an attorney or, or you know, a successful business owner, and get some major, major tax reductions. It's one, I don't want to call it a loophole, it's been on the book since the early 90s, but it's a tremendous tax advantage that most CPAs, we, in our experience, aren't even aware of. But the savings can be tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. So if that's you, if you have an interest in that, or any of the other topics we've discussed, or even just want a copy of the nine biggest dangers facing today's investor and how to avoid them before it may be too late, call us at 800-262-1083, 800-262-1083. And I can see you're just bubbling with this, this, this idea that you've got to release a go-ahead before, uh, before it bursts on one of the moose's horns there. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Did you have something to say? Actually, I wasn't saying goodbye. I thought you had something else you wanted to say. That's what she was hoping you that's were that, saying. That, that, that's <laughs> all, folks. She's one of those people on the set when they don't even go right, there oh, and she's walking away. Over to you, Rob. Well, the, the, There's the microphone. Just I, see, I, the I don't see, think, the, see the carrot? Look at the carrot. Okay. Oh, okay. There it is. I know that you don't... He's smarter than the average moose. It's Rob I haven't heard you talk about that. You guys have invested in these, but do you guys ever look at condos or do you have a view about how they are as a investment opportunity now back in the day i died preferred having you know, the standalone real estate but condos don't bother me so long as uh you know the the the, the project is stable yeah because the condominium fees can get out of whack if if that's not yeah, the and case. you got you got to look at the total expenses when you do your ra calculation if anybody would like a copy of our spreadsheet by the way simple but effective be happy to email it to you call us at 800-262-103 try my spreadsheet 800 262 1083. Okay, folks, it is almost the segment you've all been waiting for. Johnny Hotstocks with his rendition of Cousin Vito. Come on, and God knows who else is going to crawl out of that hearse. Stay with us in just a few minutes. The most entertaining, illuminating, scintillating, and possibly profitable segment of the show is right up. Stay with your Camarda Wealth Education leaders. 
Camarda Wealth Leaders' levity is intentional as we aim to be the car talk of financial radio, entertaining, hugely funny, and offering penetrating financial insight and rare expertise across a broad spectrum of wealth-related topics. We're dead serious about money, but want you to have fun, too, and laugh all the way to the bank. Unlike many financial radio shows, this is not one long commercial or constant annuity pitch. I hate those constant annuity pitches. This is Wealth Education Radio, and we aim to share best financial practices that can truly supercharge your wealth. Do we expect some of you will want to become clients? Sure, but because the chemistry is right, and because you come to believe that the wealth leaders, that's us, can get it done better than your other choices. That's your decision. But when it comes to investing, we're fiduciaries. We put our clients' interests first, and that's a promise you can take to the bank. For more information and free reports, call us now at 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Do it now while it's on your mind, folks. Who's coming up around the bend? Could it be Cousin Marlo Camarda? Could it be Marlo waiting up around the bend in the jungle? Who is that, Johnny? Yes, well, actually, the, uh, we, have, uh, we have Vito. He's just waking up, so he'll be with us perhaps momentarily. Oh, I was hoping for an apocalyptic moment, maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, not the end yet. <laughs> now, hopefully not for Cousin Vito yet there, Rob, but, uh, you know, keep the good <laughs> thoughts up. Bob. You know, speaking of up, let's talk about what's not up. We're looking at the GDP. You know, we have a mixed picture here. Everyone talks about if the Fed's going to raise or they're not going to raise. But the scenario here that we're looking at is with the GDP picture, certainly showing some weakness off of a great uh, second quarter up over 3%. We're looking at 1.5%, which was not only almost half that or more, but less than expectations of just about 2%. So here now, as we look at Janet Yellen and uh, some of the mixed messages we've been getting, I mean, you look at jobless claims, they're not awful, but they're not great either. And uh, that's people looking for work, folks, that are actively looking for work out there. So now you take that in confluence with the good news that is injected into the market is the delay of the non-Fed hike event. And you're looking at China now. China obviously had a situation as well as the EU uh, where you have rates being cut across the, uh, the globe, kind of the contrary of what we're talking about here. Maybe oxymoronic, perhaps not. We'll see. But the, So obviously we have an economic slowdown across the globe. And now what I'm looking at here that uh, you know, you're seeing a reversal in energy and gold strength with the dollar perhaps peeking its head out because regardless of this somewhat murky economic picture, Janet Yellen still... Uh, still is leaving hope, and I use that word facetiously, of uh, raising rates uh, in December just in time for Santa Claus. Uh, that certainly would be a coal in the sack of many equity bulls. Now, speaking of equities in general, um, you know, Johnny Hotstock, so we don't let down this segment, was fortunate enough to be quoted a few months ago in the journal of saying, hey, you look at uh, technologies and consumer discretionaries off of the non-Fed hike, and the guy was actually right for once. We're actually seeing a good pop. In, uh, uh, thanks, Ronald. Get, get back there. This guy actually thinks he's built. Here's the deal. We got technologies. We got your leaders like uh, discretionaries. Think your Facebooks, your Amazons, not that we're advocating individual stocks, Mr. Compliance Officer. I'm just giving examples. And you look at companies uh, like your Home Depots, your O'Reilly Automotives out there, a confluence of staples, discretionaries, technologies. And right now, the opportunity is there because we're looking at the seasonally strong time for the market in general. Generally, from mid-October, where the market kind of puts away its, uh, let's say, goats in the closet. What is that? Yeah, I don't know. Excuse me. <laughs> 
They can't even get it. That's skeletons in the closet. And then <laughs> they say you gaunt, they make, had gaunts in the closet? <laughs> they they got the gaunt milk in the closet. Yeah. I don't want to know what's going you on You don't want that, that to get out. And he's grasping <laughs> He's grasping for the doorknob. Um, anyway, uh, so now uh, what we're looking at is certainly a, a strength in a dollar that I'm looking at as we move really much into a year end. And uh, that may be scary for some of your gold bugs out there hoping that the uh, yellow stuff finally will resurrect itself. But that doesn't appear to be the case. You know, I'm looking at right now probably uh, sustained weakness with even the, uh, uh, the notion that uh, Fed, uh, what, who's her name again? That's Janet. Hey, why don't we get some clarity? We're going to bring in Bonnie here. <laughs> We're going to end this with some levity. Come on, Bonnie. Get over here, you fat little guy. Come on. I'm kind of feeling like gold the last few years. Be up, as you should be. As we move along right now, I'm seeing opportunities in finances because at the spectrum of increased rates coming up to the end of the year, you know, that's usually good for loan spreads for banks and financial institutions. And certainly you're seeing some peak, some that's be potential, Bonnie, unlike you. Yeah, 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 because uh, uh, that's libelous, um, actually. I, I maybe even slanderous. But uh, anyway, yeah, I'm looking for financials, uh, like uh, regional banks and such, because obviously when rates go up, uh, uh, you know, there's a bigger spread in the loan rates. So I, I need some uh, more WD-40 for my jaw. And you go through that party, we're going to come back here, and we're going to finish up uh, with our buddy here, Slick Willie. Uh, is going to end us off since his, uh, his wife had a, a somewhat successful debate among the three Muppets she was up against a few <laughs> weeks ago. Well, <laughs> that's very fun. That's pretty good, actually. I mean, I mean, heck, she even looked good next to that cast of characters. Finally, the only thing I wanted to remind you guys of, especially all those people watching those late-night Bloomberg commercials and all that, do not, I'm telling you, do not get enamored with gold. And, uh, you know, I, I can speak of when something has a gilded layer, but underneath lurks a little rustiness. Take it from me. Uh, get out if you're in right now. But, again, this station might not necessarily agree with my opinions. That's all I've got. That's all. That's all. That's, that's all he's got, folks. Any uh, final party comments from any of our esteemed crew here in the booth? Yes. Thank you, Anne, for joining us today. It was very Wonderful real estate uh, information. And, again, if you like uh, more uh, information on that or any of the other topics we discussed, including our free investment management reports, call us at 800-262-1083. 800-262-1083. Thanks, folks. We'll see you all, metaphorically speaking, next week. You've invested yet another hour in Camarda's Wealth Education Radio, your one source for sublime insight on all things financial. As Ben Franklin said, pour the coins from your purse into your mind and your mind will fill your purse with gold. Remember the Camarda Wealth Leader's warm offer of a complimentary review of your investments portfolio. That's a free analysis from the financial team with almost more letters than in the entire alphabet. An offer that makes old Ben smile even now. To get yours before we change our minds, call 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Call now before we run out. That's it for this week, folks. Go forth and profit. 
The opinions expressed in the preceding program are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers, and may not reflect the opinions of the advertisers or broadcasters. Performance results are presented net of fees and reflect the reinvestment of dividends and capital gains. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that future performance of any specific investment or strategy will be profitable or equal to past performance levels. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Changes in investment strategies, contributions, withdrawals, and or economic conditions may materially alter the performance of your portfolio. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk. There can be no assurance any specific investment strategy will be suitable or profitable for any client's investment portfolio. Historical results for investment indexes or categories generally do not reflect the deduction of transaction fees or custodial charges or an investment manager's fees, the presence of which could reduce the client's actual performance results. There are no assurances that a portfolio will match or outperform a particular benchmark. Asset allocation and diversification do not assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. That testing involves a hypothetical reconstruction based on past market data of which the performance of a particular account would have been if the advisor had been managing an account using a particular investment strategy. Performance results presented do not represent actual trading using client assets, but were achieved through the retroactive application of a model that was designed with the benefit of hindsight. Back-tested performance results have inherent limitations, particularly that these results do not represent actual trading and do not reflect the impact of material market or economic conditions or factors that may influence the advisor's decision-making if the advisor were actually managing the client's money. Back-tested results should not be viewed as indicative of the advisor's skill, as they do not reflect the results achieved by any particular client of the advisor. Barron's rankings are survey-based and not made as a result of primary research by Barron's, but from information provided by ranked advisors. It should not be assumed that all advisor-based data is checked by Barron's.